Weekly Signals, time out. An audio diary of incredible importance broadcasting from the backyard of KUCI 88.9 FM on the campus of the cool University of California at Irvine. I'm Nathan Callahan. I'm Mike Caspar. Listen to that dog barking. I'm looking around. I can't see him. He's... Well, he has has very high self-esteem, I believe. Mahler, our dog. Yeah. High self-esteem. Because listen to him. He's a proud, good boy, Mahler. You're feeling good about yourself. Yes, come over here. Yeah. Good boy. Oh, yeah. You know, you know, Mahler Mm -hmm. is a, uh, compared to most Americans, Mm -hmm. is uh, an enigma. Mm -hmm. It's unique. Mm -hmm. And he's not even a, a person. But he seems to have good self-esteem. Yeah, you, know, you all see yeah. him wagging his tail. He's, and, you know, dog laughter is usually the, the, the uh, panting. Panting is dog laughter for the most part. Unless, of course, they've run a lot and then it's just sweating. But if they're relaxed and they come up to you and go, <laughs> that usually means they're happy. That's their laughter. That's their sign of it's good. Well, the he, wagging tail might not mean that. He is, he then then yep. he is a very happy dog. However, yes. 95% of Americans... Yep. Have low self-esteem. That's what a study shows. Ninety-five. Ninety-five percent. Now, so these studies sometimes drive me crazy. It's, it depends on how the the uh, question is uh, phrased. Mm-hmm. Do you have low self-esteem? Might have been the question. Yes. It could have been. Do you ever have low self-esteem? It could. Yeah. And, it could have been that who, one. Who, yeah. Yeah. Who wouldn't? Who say wouldn't that? say yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. And, and and then by the time it gets to the uh, the press, you know, it gets published. The the, uh, the author tweaks it so that he gets more readership. And, honey, says right here, 95% of Americans have low self-esteem. What about you? <laughs> I guess I do. <laughs> so so I, that's the way it might work. Yeah, it could. But, but, but I am uh, fascinated by the amount of, of therapists there are. In America, in order to deal with it, at least we've defined something. Whether or not we have it is, I guess, doesn't matter as much as the fact that we've defined it, the self-esteem. Yeah. Uh, the amount of, uh, let's see if I, I can get this exactly right, a hundredfold increase yeah. in the number of professional caregivers over the last 60 years. Right. And then, of course, my question on all this would have been, yeah, but, you know, per capita, how does that work out? Well, the population's doubled and the therapists have grown by 100, not 100 percent, but 100 times right. more than uh, in the 1950s, right. which was the decade of psychotherapy. The 50s was the decade where psychotherapy was really a fad. Okay. So where, where people really started buying those, getting into the self-help and yeah. that kind of... Yeah, and it thing. became kind of the hip thing to do, right. to, to go to therapy. Right. The idea of, of the neurotic Jew living in New York that Woody Allen uh, came brought, body. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. brought yeah. to fame is, is the, uh, the 1950s inhabitant of Manhattan who had to go to therapy in order to be, you know, one of the, the chosen. Mm-hmm. Is, is, that, is that a byproduct of, by the 50s, the United States was in such a comfortable position, uh, you know, in terms of our uh, being able to feed ourselves and take care of ourselves, how, home, house ourselves, that that's kind of, well, what's left? We've taken care of our body yeah. and, 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 and our housing and clothing needs and all the rest of it. Now what's left? My brain. My brain. And I'm 
and the other stuff didn't make me really that much happier having a new car. Do you think that's some of this anxiety? Oh, it could be some of it. Yeah. This, it, this is a matter of full disclosure. Have you ever been to a therapist? I have. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sound like Jimmy Stewart there for a second. Yeah. Um, yeah, briefly. Yeah. 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 They, they, I, the guy quit. He quit? No, yeah. He walked no, no, away? No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. But, uh, yeah, actually I did. Just, uh, yeah, it was high school. High school? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Was it after that killing spree of well, it was. Uh, well, look, uh, no one ever proved that, okay? Okay. There was, I mean, uh, you know. There, well, uh, what, what happened at that point? Uh, no, I just, I was. If you don't mind. I, no, so, no it's, I'll, I, I was, uh. I was having a tough time in high school, and I wanted to get out of that particular high Wedding school. Wedding bed or something? Or? Not, no, 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 that was a couple years earlier. That was in junior high. Okay. But, uh, but I was actually, I, I was trying to get out of this high school that I was in. And, oh. and, and sort of forced the issue, I, ah. I went to, uh, I sought out someone to uh, sort of be my ally in getting, getting out. And it was so a it therapist. So it wasn't so much as something to help you internally, but externally. Yeah, but the but the but the byproduct of being in this high school was having definite internal issues for me. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Did, did, but you really were after him to sign a piece of paper to get out of a bad situation, not to fix the situation. Well, to sit down with my parents and say this isn't working. Uh, uh, Your son is going to suffer and continue. You needed to suffer. his credentials. Yeah, I needed. Yeah, yeah that's uh, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Wow. I, I needed a friend, a professional friend, is what I needed, and I got one. Well, you know, I I, I think that. In, in that case, of course, then it wasn't a matter of we're just going to take care of our brain. It was a matter of, uh, well, kind of. I mean, I was really, really in a in a bad place. But you weren't going to him to fix your brain. You were going to him to get you out of a situation. Yeah. You knew how to fix your yeah, brain. Yeah, and I, and I knew my brain needed... was not good. Yeah, yeah so I could tell. So that. essentially, yeah. you've never really been to therapy. Okay. Yeah, is that right? But, uh, yeah, 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 oh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Well, what about you, Nathan? <laughs> and what, <laughs> and uh, what about you? <laughs> I, you know, I, I no. Okay. I've been very, I've been interested in therapy. Yeah. In fact, at this very campus, uh, I think his name was Sarnoff. I'm not sure, but I took a, a, a course in primal therapy. Janoff is the the psychotherapist. I'm trying to think of the professor who taught the. Uh, class in uh, primal therapy here, which is a therapy which pretty much blames everything on your youth and, and the tra- traumas that happened in your youth and, and primal therapy. Well, John Lennon did an album after he did primal therapy where he did a lot of screaming. And that, that's the basis of primal therapy is to get yourself into an emotional state by uh, viscerally yelling the, the pain of your youth out of your body. Is that the same idea as going back that uh, the, the idea that childbirth is the most traumatic psychological experience of your life and you're kind of you're trying to get over that trauma is that the one that plays into it but it's not just that you know mommy don't go daddy come home yeah Uh, that's that's a lenin lyric and that's also you know he was working that out yes he was yeah yeah in uh, what was the name of that album plastic ono plastic ono band yeah that was it that was it and that was a great album it is an amazing record you want a primal therapy album go to the plastic ono band one of the most popular musicians in the history of the world is literally just really just sort of bleeding right in front of you Uh i mean it's uh it's quite a remarkable document not something you're going to put on at dinner 
Yeah, but uh, <laughs> but it's uh, but it's it's a it's something that you should experience every once in a while. Yeah, I think. yeah. So, so I did stuff like that, but mm-hmm. I never went. Uh, I'm just trying to think back through through all the years they've done they've done tests on me. Okay, but I I submitted to those psychological tests. Okay, you know, willingly. Yeah, oh yeah, willingly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> willingly. I, I took drugs and uh, I. Uh, uh, went through sleep deprivation okay. for for psychologists. Okay. Actually, during my sleep deprivation, uh, you know, they would keep me up all night pushing buttons to see how alert I was, and if the you know the the left peg went in the left hole and that kind of thing. Okay. And the the uh, the researcher yeah. fell asleep. You know, it was, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? I'm sitting there pushing <laughs> buttons, and and the researcher is out there. Just completely. He's supposed to be observing me. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, it's two-way glass. Yeah. And, you know, not that this is therapy, but it's, it's uh, you know, a, a psychological study on, on how sleep affects uh, your attention. And it's an evaluation. An evaluation. Yeah, okay. yeah. But, no, I've never been, and I've never had a problem, I don't think. Uh, although I think other people would think I had a problem that needed some sort of treatment. And, and I think that's may, maybe more than what you were saying, that we've uh, had a uh, uh, saturation point. We've taken care of everything else, and now we're taking care of your mi- our mind. Yeah. I think it's more that we've, we've lost a lot of uh, people to talk to about our problems. Yeah. And therefore, we have to hire. We have to professionalize. And, and it's, it's a compartmentalization, just like Leisure World is a compartmentalization of the elder community. Of the aging process, right? Yeah, we used mm-hmm. to call them elders. Now, elders. now, now yeah. they're senior they're citizens. They're active seniors. By <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and, that's true. and that's a good point. I, I, I agree with you. I, I think that that's uh, – I go back to Maslow. Maslow was big when I yeah. was in, you know, junior college, yeah. right? If you got, it was the pyramid. And Maslow's pyramid had to do with the very bottom. It was taking care of basics, your food, your security, your yeah. house, your, all that stuff. And as you moved up, you became actualized, self-actualized, and then actualized. That was kind yeah. of the top of the pyramid. Well, along the way, it was good to have kind of the, uh, the, sh- the mentor of yeah. sorts. And this is where, and this is another byproduct of our society. You can buy somebody or you can pay for something it, just about anything you want in terms of if you want to get somewhere. Huh. And I think this is part of our society. We made a determination. We can buy professional friends, uh-huh. professional mentors, professional whatever, people yeah. who can help us along that so way. So it's, it's a kind of capitalism. It is a kind too. of, a, yeah, yeah. In, in, injecting itself into this sort of self-discovery yeah. and all of that. Yeah, and, the, and then there was the, the period, and, and I think it still goes on, <clears throat> but I, during the 70s where everything had to be resolved. Yeah. You went to the psychotherapist, and he was almost like a cult leader. He was telling you that everything in your life was really messed up, and you, had, you have to identify what's wrong with it and then go out and resolve that with everyone else. Have this long discussion with the people that are causing you pain or the people that you haven't been frank with, and then you go out and you're completely frank with them, and that resolves the situation. But oftentimes, it just made the situation work yeah. and alienated your friends when you were, uh, I, I don't know if the word is blunt, but self-centered. Yeah. I, I think that's what it amounted to. It, it, in my way of thinking, some of us are here to be shock absorbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and, uh, yeah. and and some of us can be shock absorbers at some time and not at another time. Yeah, I agree and, with that. And if there's something really horrible going on, 
maybe sometimes it's best not to be completely truthful. And I'm not talking about leadership in the country, but I'm talking about in uh, in a business situation or a personal situation. Yeah. If if somebody is already burdened, you might want to not go in and talk to them about your burdens mm-hmm. or things that you think they should be burdened with. Right. You you, you might want to be a little shock absorber and absorb some of that bad news, see how it fleshes out, because it might be okay in a week. Right. Exactly right. If it's not going to immediately impact that person, there might be no need to tell them. And there was that period of, you know, speaking of of albums and and music, there was that no secrets kind of... uh, period of time the carly simon you know uh, that's you, what i thought you were yeah yeah, yeah. where you where you have we tell everybody everything yeah, and, yeah. and everything will be good because the truth shall set you free right well, right no you know you don't need to know the truth about somebody's uh, uh i don't know but, their yeah. their uh relationship with brother jimmy that's not gonna yeah. that's that's not what the truth really is about necessarily yeah, yeah. Well, I, I want to step back because I, I, cause you're, you're, you're right, and you're kind of focusing on sort of the, the more personal part of this. Uh-huh. I do think that there's a component of this, and it goes back to we were talking about the 50s, 60s, and, and moving forward. There was a period of time when we, our professional friends, were, were clergy. Oh, yeah. And I think that some of that had to do with this sort of, as we became more uh, educated in the society, a certain strata of society, became less and less enamored with the idea of going to a clergyman who some of them considered to be sort of voodoo in some level. Yeah. And the, the, the way that they were going to help them through these problems was advocating something, an unbelievable fairy tale about something that they didn't really believe to, as, as solace, as a way of getting through it. And people began to look for other ways to deal with the inevitable questions of life and, and death and all the yeah. rest of it. So that is a part of why the professional psychology became uh, was given more credibility. I know somebody who has been through therapy, who's in, in actively involved in therapy, and psychology or the, the psychiatrists have ruined, have really done harm. And I don't know if this is a part of what, what you want to talk about, but this is a particular case of somebody whose psychiatrist took advantage of them. Well, how do you mean that? I mean, in, in completely in unbelievably inappropriate way, and you can only imagine I mean, what I'm what talking about. you're talking about sex, yeah, right? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. And, <laughs> and, and I'm just, I'm, I don't want to single well, that one. Well, that's another whole Yeah, other and then whole that's another whole thing. There. Right, that's a, yeah. certainly more, more specialized. But. Well, it shows you the kind of trust, though. It reminds me of the Catholic priests. Yeah. You know, it's kind of a, you, you, you have absolute trust in me. You're telling me everything, so, hey. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. Let me show you my etchings. Yeah. Yeah, but I but my I guess my the bigger point for me is is that people uh, over a period of time have become less reliant on religion and and people who at who are the spokespeople for religion uh, as as a trustworthy person to to go to therapy for. Well, it's funny too. Uh, just for what it's worth, I would think that back in the time when the shift was happening, that a lot of religions came up that were offering uh, you know unitarianism. And uh, maybe even Episcopalians were offering a kind of religion that was more metaphorical, that you didn't necessarily need to believe that that Christ was a person. In fact, it didn't matter that Christ was a person. It mattered that the word of Christ was present. 
There you go. Yeah, or or whatever. Uh, In yeah. a religion, that's what it mattered. Yeah. That the preacher's word was present. That the that, you know that the Messiah's word was was here now. You know whether or not the Messiah even walked the earth wasn't the utmost importance. What was right. important was the message. And and so at that point in time, you had a metaphor, and yet it's interesting. We still imposed, if you're saying, within the psychological context that the the uh, minister that we were going to was being literal with us, mm-hmm. that it was hocum, hocus pocus. You know, he mm-hmm. was going to give us some uh, message that had more to do with imaginary fairy tales than a metaphor right. that we could try and get something out of. Right. And, and, and maybe that's the difference between religion and uh, psychology, mm-hmm. or at least it was at one time, I think, mm-hmm. the, that in religion, they're giving you a metaphor. Mm-hmm. They're giving you a, a story, and, and you get something out of the story. In psychology, you go in, and they, they, they put all of it on you, right. all, all of the pain, all the suffering. It's all yours. You've got to deal with it. Right. You, you're, you're not allowed to uh, walk in someone else's shoes. There before the grace of God go you— gives you some different perspective. Right. And, and that would come from religion. Right. And in psychology, it's, <laughs> you know, all about you. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Well, yeah, I, I agree. So 10% of Americans had no discussion partner of any kind in 1985. In other words, somebody they could tell their problems to. Mm-hmm. Uh, by 2004, that number had increased to 25%. That's, that's more than doubled. People that didn't have anyone to talk to. 15% of Americans had only one person to talk to about a life problem. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a bigger problem that no one has anyone to talk to or you only have one person you can really tell your, your problems to, which even optimists, that 15% number, call inadequate social support since it makes a person very vulnerable to losing that lone relationship. Mm-hmm. So you're less likely yeah. to talk to. If you only have one person you can talk to and you have a big problem, you're less likely to if you know you can throw down 100 bucks and, and go to somebody who has a certificate. Yeah. Now, yeah. What, now, by 2004, that number has increased to 20% of people that only have one person that they can talk to. And there's a kind of isolation going on. Yeah, here. I agree. I mean, yeah, I yeah. think that's true. And, and I don't know if it's a, uh, a, a, would you say that therapy has brought that on? It brought it upon itself that given that people can go out there and spend the money, is that, is that one of the reasons? It's why one people, of the reasons. Uh, I, don't, I wouldn't say it was the reasons. Uh, but uh, because well, what I, is the reason? I just think we become more atomized in our daily life. We don't need... We don't. We don't need somebody to go out and chop the wood with, and and raise the crops, and and there, the need for other human beings is become less critical. At least right now, is less critical for you and I to get through our daily lives. We don't need to have. I don't rely. You don't rely on me to cut down a quart of wood to keep a, keep you warm in the winter. You don't need. You can buy a quart. About that quart of wood, Mike. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. It's, I owe you. It's a, still I, out there. I owe you that quart. No, you don't. I know. No, I don't. But you know, I, I just you think, think it's the whole relationship thing, and therefore, since yeah. it's everything else is atomized, why, why not? Yeah. Even talking to people. Yeah, it's part of it. I mean, if you were out, if you were, if you were, in 
working on something, you're more likely, I'm just going back to the agrarian society here, but if you're working in the field together, you're going to spend a lot of time. Chances are you're going to, you're going to share. You're going to do, you're going to, this is these, and you will have common problems. You will have common issues yeah. more likely. Um, but if, but if I'm grabbing a Starbucks and going to Whole Food and driving home in my own car and listening to my own music, all these things don't really, I'm not, the opportunity to, to have more people in my life is minimized. Yeah. Well, I'm going to completely shift gears okay. here because right. there's another interesting sure. stat I'd like to bring right. out. Another study mm-hmm. in the New England Journal of uh, Medicine confirms uh, a figure that was reported earlier, uh, not in this show, but elsewhere, that 27% of returning combat troops, troops, and I'm talking about from Iraq and the war in the Middle East, mm-hmm. 27% of the combat troops report mental health symptoms. In other words, they've been affected. Well, what's not noted is that before deployment, almost 21% of soldiers had mental symptoms. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think, and I'm not, I'm not saying that you, you don't have uh, a possibility of going crazy by going into battle, but I, I think that also, too, uh, therapy and psych- psychotherapy gives people an excuse to, for things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. You're already a little bit twisted. Well, you're paying that person, yeah, Nathan. You're paying that person to tell you what's wrong with you, and yeah. and and in discussing this with you, they're going to give you a whole sort of ba- uh, buffet table of things that could be wrong with you. Yeah, your your mother didn't hug you enough. Your yeah. daddy didn't, you know, give you a kiss on the cheek and didn't spend enough. There's a whole bunch of things that. Will he'll they'll be introduced How did you know into so much about me? And there's there's a whole bunch of things that will be introduced into your vocabulary, into your yeah. frame of reference about what could possibly be yeah. wrong. Because we're all, let's we're all damaged in some way, and and we're all and we're looking for the explanation. Yeah. And if so, a professional who you're paying lots of money tells you why, uh, um, and and a lot of different reasons. Yeah. 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 What you're saying, I agree. Well, and I think the other problem too is, and it goes back to the idea of of resolve. We, we want somehow to to have these things resolved. We don't yeah. want yeah. we don't want to just say, well, you know, I was beaten as a child yeah. at a tough time. Yeah. But, you know, I wake up in the morning. I have a cup of coffee. I got a decent job. I can go to the beach one on the weekends. Um, yeah. I'm not starving. Yeah. Things are good. Things are good. Yeah. Yeah. But but you don't have generally pe- people don't have that frame of reference until they've lived a little bit. We, I mean, you, what you just said, yes, absolutely, it's be, it's good. I yeah. live by the beach. Really, I mean, I have a lot of very very uh, distinct advantages. It's not bad. Yeah. It's a good life. It's a good life. But you until you've actually been around other people who don't have the same kind of life that you have. Yeah, it's very difficult. Most people don't understand that until they have seen other people in other circumstances. I, so maybe instead of therapy. Yeah, people should be sent to places where people are truly disadvantaged. Yeah, that would certainly and and I, I imagine well, there are therapies like that. Yeah, I, I would. In fact, I would hope that some psychotherapists would would, uh, if you're listening out there, use that as therapy and and take some days off and stop collecting a hundred dollars an hour yeah. and just tell some of your patients to to go uh, volunteer at the Catholic worker. Yeah. 
I think that that, that might that's that a might. sobering way yeah. to to, to uh, yeah. You to, can sit to, there and and uh, I mean, offer I mean, people food that are starving and malnourished. I'm gonna I'm gonna offer a little bit of what we call in the radio business a segue. Oh, in, in, I love segues. In the next hour yeah. on film school, uh-huh. uh, I'm gonna have the privilege of speaking to a filmmaker um, who has done a documentary on his own family, mm-hmm. and this is very germane to what we're talking about. He had three sisters. All three sisters were sexually molested by their father, a returning vet from Vietnam. He, 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 in fact, in one, in one episode, all three of these young, very young girls was in bed, and he, he raped each one of them as they laid side by side. Yeah. And at one point, the son, who did this documentary, shot one of his sisters. Mm-hmm. And this whole film is, I mean, we talk about... Well, what is the film? It's a film called Family Affair, and it's basically the consequences of severe dysfunction. I mean, criminal dysfunction. Yeah, but, but I, the, I guess the and question would be... And this film is a is, bit of a therapy for his family and himself in coming and sort of coalescing around the act of making this film and uh-huh. dealing with what horror they dealt with in growing up. Are, did they go to psychotherapy? They go to they go to each other at this point. I don't yeah. know that any of them. There's no reference to professional psychiatry or psych. Uh-huh. You know. So this was a plug, is what you're saying. It, it is kind so of a, plug. a segue. <laughs> well, it was a plug. plug. Okay, it was uh-huh. a shameless plug, but yeah. it is an example of just unspeakable horror by. Well, there are obviously uh, times where therapy or religion or or having someone to talk to can help, especially before these things happen. Yeah. And, and that's the problem uh, I, with therapy, I think, in general. It's usually happened when somebody says, oh, I can't take it anymore. <laughs> and then they go to a therapist. Right. Or, or they're in severe depression, and they go to a therapist. Yeah. I, it, you should have a community up front yeah. that you're just talking to people, that you're engaging people yeah. uh, about things that are going on before they get out of hand. Right. So if you do have a problem with something, you, you're just talking about it casually instead of turning it into this uh, the drama. Exactly. That, that later you know consumes your life and consumes others. 